this is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 196 of the Catholic Foodie, which I haven't titled yet, but that's okay. Uh, I'm on the road, folks. I am on the road uh, traveling home from my office, and I wanted to uh, just share a little news with you. Um, and I didn't want to wait. You know, one of the things I talked about uh, last Saturday, it was actually a Saturday a week ago, uh, on the podcast marathon for SQPN, is uh, is that I'm relaunching the Catholic Foodie Podcast. I want to get back in the saddle. I want to get back into podcasting. I've been doing radio for the last two years. And I can't really tell by my voice right now because I, <clears throat> I have a little uh, sinus thing going on here. And uh, my throat is very scratchy and I feel like uh, my voice is not is not the best but I've been doing radio for the last two years and uh, and loving it I absolutely love it do a, a food show it's called around the table and uh, we we talk about food and faith it's a Catholic radio a Catholic radio station it airs both in in Baton Rouge Louisiana and also in New Orleans and uh, it's been a lot of fun two co-hosts uh, David Dawson president of Catholic Community Radio and also Monsignor Christopher Nalti, who is a priest of uh, the Archdiocese of New Orleans. He's pastor of Good Shepherd Parish uh, in New Orleans on Napoleon Avenue. And we have a lot of fun. I think that uh, from what I hear from other people, they enjoy the show. There's some good chemistry between us. We always have a guest, and so we have someone to talk to. Uh, whether it's in the food realm or, or faith realm, it's very rare that we get someone who who kind of combines both of those. But we, we try to make that connection um, as best we can with whichever guest we have, because uh, it's something you know something special. There's something even sacramental about being around the table, sharing a meal, and of course, food. Good food can be a sign to us of God's love, care, and providence, and and a sign of abundance and uh, His blessing. So. Uh, doing radio the last two years has been fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Uh, a lot of good things have come out of that. But what I have said on a consistent basis, going back, I mean, almost really since since uh, since I first started doing radio, is that I miss doing my podcast. And I stopped doing the podcast simply because um, there's only so much time in the day. And when I am uh, trying to uh, do the work that I do in order to support my family, which is uh, web development, uh, web design, uh, content creation, those kind of things for clients, business clients, um, you know, that, that's important. I've got to get that work done. And uh, doing Catholic radio is not necessarily a, a lucrative thing. I don't get paid a penny, actually, to do it. Um, but it takes a lot of time. It's time not just recording. I do all the, the, the show prep. I'm the one that lines up the guests. Um, so there's a lot of, lot of time that goes into that. And to, to do it twice, right, to do it for a radio show, then also to do it for a podcast is just, uh, well, it's been kind of, in my mind at least, in the way that I have, uh, in my experience, it's been too much. It was just too much to do. And I tried to cheat for a while. I talked about this on the podcast marathon. I tried to cheat for a while and take the shows, the radio shows that we were recording on a weekly basis and that I, I also publish as a podcast on its own feed around the table. You can find it on iTunes or uh, uh, even go to, you can go to catholicfoodie.com and you can find a link to it there. Um, and the top nav bar under radio. Just click on radio and it'll take you to it. 
You can listen to it right there on the site, too, on catholicfoodie.com. Um, but what I was doing is, is taking the, those, those uh, radio shows, they're about 30 minutes long, uh, 27 and a half minutes, and recording an intro for it. And that intro would be me talking about something along, you know, the Catholic foodie lines and, uh, and then introducing the topic into the conversation that we had on the radio that day and then letting that play. I would include it as part of the Catholic foodie podcast. So some folks who were listening to Around the Table were hearing it twice. And so there was a way for me to kind of keep the podcast going without having to du- duplicate all the, the effort, right, all the work. Um, but it's not the same thing as producing my own podcast. And so I, uh, and my wife, I'm sure, is tired of hearing it. I'd say it probably week after week. I really miss doing my podcast. I miss it. There's something uh, very personal about a podcast that is just really different than, than radio. Radio, uh, you're worried about the clock. You're worried about the time. Uh, you're trying to keep things on track. Um, and you lose some of that personal element. Like, for instance, here I am driving home right now <laughs> from my office, and uh, I, I'm, I'm recording a little segment here for you on, on the Catholic Foodie Podcast. I couldn't do this uh, in radio. Well, I say that, but in actuality, I have been on many a radio show <laughs> from my car because I get you know interviewed by, by different uh, shows, around the country I have been uh, the last couple of years and, and sometimes I've even called in or, or I've been pulled in to uh, shows with Catholic Community Radio where I'm in transit. I'm going, you know, traveling from one place to another and uh, they pull me in by phone. So I have done that on the radio. I take that back. But it's, it's, it's still, there's something different between radio and podcasting. And if you listen to podcasts, you know what I'm talking about. All right. So I want to get back into it. I've been trying to. And uh, matter of fact, I went to my office and I'm it's a little confession here. I was at my office on Saturday. I, I had a few things to take care of uh, for a client. And, and while I was there, I thought Saturday, there's not a whole lot of commotion, right? Not a whole lot of people around and phones aren't ringing, that kind of thing. And, and so I thought, well, while I'm here, I'm going to go ahead and record another episode of The Catholic Foodie. And I tried to, three times, <laughs> three times I tried to, and uh, it just—I'm not used to it. I, I said this at the, in the in the podcast marathon. I feel really self-conscious when I am um, in front of my microphone, sitting there for the Catholic Foodie podcast. I don't know why. I guess I'm just I'm just out of the habit. You know, I haven't done it in so long, and so I'm just not used to um, sitting down by myself in a studio and recording a podcast. So even what I'm doing right now is an attempt on my part to uh, jumpstart myself, right? To jumpstart this thing, to try to get used to recording podcast again. Uh, when I'm at the studio with, with my co-host, I've got these two co-hosts, it's been fantastic, um, we just dive in. And, and there's something there, there's some synergy going on, we're able to encourage each other, and it's conversation, it's very natural, you know, conversation. But when, when it's just me, it's, it's very hard to do. 
So this is what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to get myself geared up, prepped up to to uh, record or continue recording this podcast. You know, one of the things that um, that I talked about again on the podcast marathon, which was last episode, I, I released that as an as an episode of the Catholic Foodie Podcast. You can find it uh, on uh, iTunes or over at CatholicFoodie.com as the last one, uh, uh, episode 195. I was talking about how I really the, the whole aspect that I like about podcasting is, is that personal aspect. And what I want to do is I, I want to take it out of the studio and back in the kitchen, right? Get out of the studio. I even thought that could be some kind of a tagline, right? The Catholic foodie out of the studio and into the kitchen, right? Something where I'm, I'm not worrying about the things that I worry about now. The sound quality, that it's got to be top-notch, it's got to be studio quality. Uh, worrying about having everything mapped out, planned out perfectly, that I would go kind of more off the cuff, kind of with whatever the inspiration was uh, at the moment, uh, that I would take you into my kitchen and actually cook and talk with you as I'm cooking and talk about the recipes and, and, and what I'm doing, you know, step by step to make crawfish etouffee or, or when I make pizza on, on the baking steel, those kind of things. So I'm kind of walking you through it and you get to hear it. And not only that, but when I'm in at home, when I'm in the kitchen, there's a lot going on around me. My, my kids are home, my wife is home, a lot of commotion, a lot of conversation. And so you're kind of being pulled into what's happening like in real life. You know, this is, this is keeping it real. This is whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's, it's the reality radio. <laughs> I don't know what you want to call it, but it's, it's reality. And it's not just a, a studio where things are very, you know, uh, prettied up. So that's my thought. Trying to keep it uh, like that. I, I even thought, you know, it'd be really cool. We've done this with the radio station. We've gone out to restaurants and we've done shows there. But again, the format's very different because it's 27 and a half minutes. There's a break in there. Um, and, you know, typically we're doing an interview. If we're going to the restaurant, we're going to be interviewing the chef. Um, and so we've done that. And it's been so much fun going to restaurants and, and interviewing chefs and tasting the food and I mean very lively and just the atmosphere is really a lot of fun and I'd love to do something like that for the Catholic Foodie Podcast go to different restaurants I have a lot of ideas of uh, content that I could produce uh, for you uh, I, a lot of people you know New Orleans is a, a huge big tourist uh, city a lot of people come to New Orleans uh, throughout the year a lot of times a lot of people come at Mardi Gras, of course, but throughout the year, a lot of folks come to uh, New Orleans. So I thought, hey, it'd be great to do something like my top 10 favorite restaurants or the top 10 places you have to go to uh, if you're in town in New Orleans and, and you want to experience you know, the, the food, the, the cuisine that we have to offer here. And so I do a, you know, an interview and, and, a, and a visit where I'm taking you there. I'm saying, okay, these are the things on the menu that I would recommend to you and here's why you know but but it's not just the me in a studio doing this it's me at that restaurant with doing this and and hopefully doing it with someone else so I have someone else there with me and we actually have a conversation going on you're part of the conversation instead of you just hearing me talk for 30 minutes or 45 minutes or, or whatever so that's one of the ideas, too. Uh, I've got some other things that, that I am uh, thinking about doing. Uh, actually, I've got one, one uh, idea that I am playing with right now that is very um, timely. 
and I'm actually very excited about, and uh, I want to share that with you. I'm not quite ready to share it with you right now, Uh, but I would also love, when I share it with you, I want to get your feedback. I want to know, what do you think? Do you like this idea? Do you think it'd be good to have value? Would you want to see this thing that I'm talking about? Do you, is it interesting to you? Does it pertain to you? Those are the kind of things I would love to hear from you. And um, again, I will be letting you know what I'm talking about very soon. I can't do it right now. But um, you can always reach me, by the way, to give any kind of feedback on the Catholic foodie, food meets faith, anything like that, anything that I talk about typically, you can always leave feedback on the voice feedback line, which is 985-635-4974. 985-635-4974. That's the voice feedback line. It's a, it's a telephone number. You just call it and leave me a message, and I can play that on the show. You can also email me at jeff at catholicfoodie.com. Of course, there's tons of recipes, tons of Catholic culinary inspiration over at catholicfoodie.com. And we're going to take a quick break here while I move from my car into my house. And then I will be uh, joining you back in just a minute. So stay tuned through the break and, uh, and I'll be right back. You heard him? You could not ask for a more noble cause than that. Sonny, true love is the greatest thing in the world. Except for nice MLT, mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomatoes are ripe. They're so perky. I love that. <laughs> it's the next day uh, from when I was recording. Well, just, when I was just talking to you before the break, uh, it was a different day. <laughs> Why? Uh, because, you know, life life happens. Life doesn't stand still. And uh, I had every intention in the world to get inside uh, last night and to uh, resume the podcasting, but uh, it just didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, between uh, responsibilities at home, uh, some last-minute work that I needed to take care of for a few clients, um, I just never got to it. But I'm in the car again. And I'm on the road, I'm driving, uh, now I'm driving, I'm, I'm in between New Orleans and Baton Rouge, heading to Baton Rouge to, uh, to take care of uh, my mother's new computer and trying to move content from uh, one computer, the old computer, to the new one. And uh, uh, I just happened to, well, uh, it's a good day to do it. I, I, I would have done it sooner. I started the project uh, about a week ago and just haven't been able to get back to Baton Rouge, but uh, today's a good day to, to do it. So that's where I'm heading, and I wanted to, uh, to kind of resume here talking with you about uh, food and faith and radio and podcasting and uh, all these things that are on my mind. Uh, you know, today was a very interesting day. It was a good day. I, 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 uh, I was in New Orleans all day. Uh, I spent the vast majority of the day working uh, in the office of, of, of a client to take care of uh, some issues that they had, and uh, I was there. There was a, a, a team of us uh, working today. Not uh, uh, these are colleagues of mine. I, I know we know each other. We we help each other out, and it just so happened that we were working with the same client today. So it's kind of neat to uh, to be there together. And we ended up uh, going to lunch together. And you know, it was cool. It was. I was thinking about this last night, and I, I mentioned it before the break that. Um, I had this idea of going to restaurants and, uh, and, and podcasting, like live, like right there. I'm in there, I'm ordering, I'm 
I'm talking about the menu, what's on the menu, uh, you know, maybe talking with some of the folks in the restaurant or perhaps a chef, the chef's available. Um, those types of things because it's, it's live, it's real, it is, uh, it's real life, you know? And I think it makes good radio too. I think it makes really good radio to, or podcasting to be out in public, not just in the studio, but in public. And you know, for me, I talk about food is the, is the medium, right? Food is what I talk about. So for me to be in the restaurant, to be talking to people there, uh, to, to talk to you through, uh, talk the menu through with you, or any of the stories, anything that, that kind of comes up, I think is very interesting. It, it certainly piques my curiosity. It's something that I think, I mean, I get excited about it. I think that you would too. So I, I even thought as I was driving to New Orleans this morning, I was thinking, you know, wouldn't it be cool since I'm going to be here anyway and I've got a few errands to run after I get done with my work? Wouldn't it be cool anyway uh, today to, uh, to to go to a restaurant and to try this out? Let's just play around with it. I'll make it a segment in the podcast that I started in my car yesterday. <laughs> and, and, and we'll see how it goes, you know. Well, it, it didn't quite work out that way. I will say that lunch was really good. It, it was really, really good. It was totally unexpected. Uh, it was a total surprise. Uh, but I did no podcasting. And I'll tell you why. Because I had two colleagues with me. And I only had my one microphone. I, I didn't want to uh, make other people feel uncomfortable. I, it, it, you know, The sound quality would have been different if I had only that one mic there. So uh, I didn't do it. But we went to a place. It was just right on the corner, uh, across the street from this downtown office building that, that we're working in. And... Uh, I tell you, I'll tell you the truth. I've never in my life heard the name of this place. And I had never uh, noticed it before. It's on the corner of, I believe, if I'm not, I may be mistaken. Uh, I don't know if that was Gravier's, Gravier Street that we were on. I can't remember. I wasn't paying attention to what the cross streets were. But I can tell you that it was right down the street from... Uh, I'm talking like a stone's throw away from the Roosevelt Hotel. All right, right on the corner is called Cleo's Mediterranean Cuisine. Cleo's Mediterranean Cuisine. And, of course, that caught my eye. You know, we, I, my colleagues and I, we said, all right, let's go to lunch. You know, so we walked out the building. We're walking. We literally walked out of the building we were in to the street. I looked across the street and saw this white building on the corner with red lettering, Cleo's, all I saw was Cleo's Mediterranean. And I said, hey, what about Mediterranean? And everybody was, you know, the other two were like, hey, that'd be great. Sounds good to me. And it's right here. It's close. Let's go. Well, it is. It's, it's, it's uh, Cleo's Mediterranean Cuisine and Grocery. So the grocery, they have a grocery in there too. It really is kind of a hole in the wall, right? One of my favorite kind of, of restaurants, the hole in the wall restaurant. It's just um, uh, not, not the prettiest thing in the world, but very homey. Uh, very comfortable. Uh, it was just a neat little place that had character. Definitely had character. So that's where we went, and uh, the food was really good. It was really good. I had a uh, I had a beef shawarma, a beef shawarma plate with a with a salad and uh, with hummus and, and pita. And it was interesting, you know, with the hummus. And I, I, I like I like. I mean, of course, I, I make hummus all the time. I love hummus. Hummus is probably one of the most uh, sought-after recipes over at CatholicFoodie.com. Um, it, it was a, one of the, the, the first recipe I think I listed to be included in my book, uh, Around the Table with the Catholic Foodie Middle Eastern Cuisine. And uh, I, I know hummus, you know. 
But I love trying hummus in different places because when you are so familiar with a dish like that, I do the same thing with pizza, by the way. When you're so familiar with a dish like that, uh, it, it's good to kind of sample and to see, okay, how do they do, what do they do differently? You know, a lot of places, you go to different places and they'll add different things to the hummus. And yeah, you may have read over at CatholicFoodie.com, I mentioned this a, a couple of months ago, I think. I was at uh, one, of, one of the restaurants that I've, I've always loved. You know, you're talking about Middle Eastern cuisine. One of the restaurants I've always loved in New Orleans is called Lebanon's Cafe. It's down on um, uh, Carrollton Avenue, close to the river, close to the end of Carrollton Avenue. And Lebanon's Cafe opened when my wife and I had, we first got married, when we were still living in New Orleans, not too far, right, right, I would say maybe, I don't know, within 10 blocks, even less than that, maybe eight, eight, eight seven, eight blocks away, we lived from Lebanon's Cafe. And uh, we used to go there on a regular basis. And when it first opened, it was kind of bare bones. I mean, it was not as nice as it is today. They've obviously added to it. They've, they've uh, up, it's kind of become a little more, not upscale, but it, it's like a step up or, or, step, or two steps up from what it used to be. And, and I love it. It's really good now. It was really good then. We used to eat there all the time. So it's one of my favorite little places. I was there a couple of months ago. And, and one of the things I had forgotten about, because it had been a while since I'd eaten there, is that in their hummus, they have a lot of, uh, they add a lot of lemon juice. And they have, uh, the lemon juice that they add actually has uh, jalapenos in it. It's almost as if they, what they do is they dice the jalapeno and they, they uh, soak it or, or, or just kind of keep it in this lemon juice. So it's a lemon juice that has jalapenos in it. And, and when they go to serve the hummus, they make a, a little bowl with inside the hummus, right? A little indention in there where they all they add the uh, the lemon juice with the jalapeno in there. So it, the uh, the hummus has a kick because it has that kicked up lemon juice with the little little uh, minced uh, jalapeno pepper in there. I love it. It's just really really good. Hummus is very creamy. It's got a kick. I love that. If you know, if you read my recipe, you know what do I put in my hummus? Cayenne. I love cayenne in mine. And because uh, I like to have that, that kick. Matter of fact, I put a little bit of cayenne in it when I'm making it. But what I like to do is, is top it. I, I will sprinkle cayenne on the top of my hummus uh, more often than not. Sometimes I don't do it. Sometimes we, we just stick with using the, the sumac on top. But a lot of times I like to just put that cayenne because I like, I like the spicy stuff. So anyway... Uh, what do they have today? I'm at this place, Cleo's Mediterranean Cuisine and Grocery. First time I've ever been there. And what do they have? <laughs> they bring the hummus out, and I, and I notice a few things right away. It's very creamy. It, it, it reminded me a lot of the hummus at Lebanon's Cafe. Uh, there was an, there was a, a, an indention right there, a, kind of a, a pool or a bowl that they create in the hummus, an indention in the hummus. And inside of that, they put uh, olive oil. So that was a, a big thumbs up for me. They had the olive oil in there. I love a lot of olive oil with my hummus. Uh, but they also had a red uh, chili sauce. And if you know, I mean, I, I've written about this before, the sriracha sauce, or sometimes it's, it's called the rooster sauce because it's got a, a white rooster on the front. I love that stuff. <laughs> but we can't keep it in the house because my kids love it. My wife loves it. We put it on a lot of stuff. They will make scrambled eggs in the morning, and they add shirachi to it. So, and we we call it in our house affectionately. We call it shirachi. 
I don't know why. It just that's what we call it. It's kind of fun, and it's you know, Sriracha is kind of a weird name anyway. But you know, the same company produces a garlic uh, sauce. It's a garlic chili sauce, and it's it's uh, it's just like the uh, the Sriracha sauce. Except it's got, you can see chunks of pepper in there, like the, the little seeds and everything else in it. That is what it looks like was in the hummus today at Cleo's Mediterranean Cuisine and Grocery. And it was delicious. I loved it. It was great. Uh, the beef shawarma, uh, I'm a fan of beef shawarma. Uh, I love it. I know a lot of people talk about chicken shawarma, and I love chicken shawarma when it's done right. And when you have some caramelization on the, the chicken, I love the caramelization. But you wind up typically getting more caramelization on uh, the, the beef shawarma. So I really, really like the beef shawarma. It was very good. I was very impressed. I could have used, personally, a little extra salt on the, uh, the salad and perhaps even a little extra lemon juice. A little squeeze of lemon or something on the side. There was no uh, salt and pepper on the table, and there was no extra lemon around. And I did, they were really busy. I didn't bother asking. Uh, for any, but oh, that was it. That was on my only kind of like, man, I wish I would have had a, you know, but I didn't. Uh, overall, big thumbs up. I want to go back and I'd like to take, uh, at least take my wife, let her experience it because I know she hasn't been there either. So that was uh, lunch today that you did not get to join me at. Uh, I, had, I, had, I had the idea, I had the idea of bringing you along and uh, it just didn't, it just didn't work out this time. So uh, but it's in the cards. It will happen. And, you know, I'd love to know what you think of that idea. What do you think? you think that would be fun? Do you have any ideas, anything different that you would like to see or hear here at the Catholic Foodie uh, on the podcast? Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. You can always leave voice feedback from me by calling a telephone number with any telephone. You don't have to have a special microphone or anything, just any telephone. You can always call me at 985-635-4974. 985-635-4974. That is the voice feedback line. It is nothing special for you. All you got to do is call that number and then leave a message. And uh, the message is recorded and then I'm able to play that back on the show. And so it sounds like you and I are having this little conversation where I say, hey, we have a, a voice message. We have a message here from uh, uh, Fred with a PH, you know, Fred with a PH. And what does Fred have to say? And we listen. And then after Fred leaves his message, then, then I get to, to respond to that. So that, that's a lot of fun. I always have fun doing that. So uh, even if your name is not Fred with a PH, uh, feel free. Call me. Let me know your thoughts. What do you want to hear here at The Catholic Foodie? 985-635-4974. And, of course, you can always email me, jeff at catholicfoodie.com. Now we're going, to take, we're going to take a quick break now, and um, I'll be back in just a moment. Wow, something smells good. Those uh, goodies in there. Granny, Granny Pocket, the goody lady? My goodness, she makes some good... Goodies. She's got a thing. It's like a, uh, it's like a uh, cookies, shortbread, chocolate icing between. Very. It's good. Uh, it's very good. Welcome back. 
Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Podcast. And believe it or not, guess what I'm doing? I'm in the car. <laughs> I am in the car. I'm driving. This time I'm driving uh, home. I'm driving home from uh, my parents' house in Baton Rouge, heading back to Covington, Louisiana. And, uh, you know, this is actually, you, you will probably not know, well, you won't know this. I'm, I'm letting you know a little secret here. And uh, this is uh, geek stuff if you're uh, a geek like me. This is uh, the third segment of this podcast, this particular episode. And not only is it the third segment, but it's also, this is the third microphone <laughs> that I have used uh, in, this, in this episode. Um, I, I've been experimenting uh, in more ways than one, trying to figure out not only will this whole uh, podcasting thing work for me on the go, uh, not just uh, in the car, believe me, I do not want to do uh, tons of uh, episodes in the car. I do not. Uh, but but that's what's working right now. I'm trying to get back in the saddle, as I've mentioned. And, uh, and so this is the experiment right now. So I am uh, getting back in the car or getting back <laughs> behind the microphone in the car uh, for this episode. However, matter of fact, I think I'm going to call this episode um, driving in my car or something to that effect. And uh, it's amazing. This particular microphone is, is very sensitive, and, and it's really picking up a lot of um, ambient uh, noise. Um, but as I said, I'm trying to experiment with, with many different things. I'm experimenting with the format itself. I'm also experimenting with the microphones. Okay, what's going to work for me? Uh, sound quality is very important. It always has been for me, and that's one of the reasons why I've invested, over the years, invested quite a bit of money in my uh, podcasting equipment. Uh, I want it to sound good. Uh, I don't personally like to listen to uh, audio productions that 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 don't sound professionally uh, produced. And I guess that's where I have some of my own difficulty of trying to let go of perfectionism in order to just produce content when you know the option, <laughs> the only other alternative, is to not produce content. And I am really amazed at how loud everything is right now with this microphone. Um, so uh, this is three microphones in one episode, and I will be linking all this together when I get back to the house. I'll um, use uh, another mic and uh, actually do an intro for the show and, and then close it out with that mic as well. So uh, I wanted to talk to you, kind of finish up what I was talking to you in the last segment. Uh, I told you about being in New Orleans today, having lunch. We talked about, was it Cleo's Mediterranean uh, cuisine and um, grocery, which was which was quite good. Uh, I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. And um, talked about that. And I, and I wanted to share with you something else that happened too. Uh, you know, one of our uh, one of our own here in New Orleans is a very successful chef and restaurateur and philanthropist. And I'm talking about Chef John Besh. And I've talked about him quite a bit on. The Catholic Foodie Podcast, and also on the Around the Table Food Show, uh, he, he, Chef John Bash is a personal friend of uh, Monsignor Nalti's, and we've we've had him on the show. Uh, I think he's been on Around the Table probably uh, two, three times, I think, and um, has always been very supportive of what we do in, in Catholic Radio and in what I do at the Catholic Foodie, CatholicFoodie.com, and also the podcast. And, uh, you know, he's written several books, uh, been on TV, has done food shows on, on television, 
Uh, he's got some projects he's working on now that'll be coming out uh, in the near future. Um, I've, I've written more than once at CatholicFoodie.com about some of his uh, his cookbooks. Uh, My New Orleans is is one of them. Um, the Family Table uh, is another, and uh, uh, Cooking from the Heart. And and so you know, Chef John Bash is, is someone that I, I look up to, admire him, and and what he does. Uh, he's Catholic. Uh, he's a he's a, a family man, a good family man. Uh, has a wife and and and, and his sons. And uh, tries to spend his in time with them. I mean, he's very successful all over the place, traveling. Uh, has I can't remember how many restaurants he has right now, but it's it's ridiculous. You know, it's, it's tons of stuff going on, and yet he does strive to to um, uh, spend the time with with his family. Uh, I am uh, apparently on a list. I, I have I receive emails on a, a regular basis from. Um, from his office, uh, whenever they have something new coming out, or there's a press release, or whatever it may be, and and I'm always happy to publish that over at uh, at CatholicFoodie.com uh, to to help spread the good news, right? To to try to bring some some good news out there and help help spread the word of what whatever he has going on. And just the other day, I um, I received a press release. It was about uh, well, we we are now as of today. Today is January seventh. Uh, 2015. As of today, we are officially in what could be called Mardi Gras season down here in New Orleans. And <laughs> I know that uh, it's not a liturgical season, right? Uh, starting well, this coming this coming Sunday is the baptism of the Lord, and after that, we go back into ordinary time. But not down here. Uh, down here, it's it's, um, it's 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 known as Mardi Gras season, right? From from King's Day, the Feast of the Epiphany, which by the calendar, it was yesterday. We celebrated it liturgically on Sunday, but by the calendar, it was yesterday, January 6th, the 12th day of Christmas, and uh, and, and, and that kicks off for us this this uh, race. It's not really a race. It's just a season uh, between now and uh, Mardi Gras, which is uh, February 17th this year, I believe. It's kind of early. So uh, it makes February 18th or 19th. I can't remember. I get my dates. I don't have a calendar in front of me. I'm, I'm driving. But uh, that week right there, that's Mardi Gras week. And then, of course, Ash Wednesday um, and the beginning of Lent. And so, <laughs> so I got this uh, uh, press release that was sent to me the other day about the beginning of King Cake. Actually, it was yesterday. It was yesterday. It was, it was uh, January 6th. Is about uh, King Cake uh, season, right? Mardi Gras season. And uh, same as last year, this year, uh, the restaurants, some of the restaurants, uh, some of John Besh's restaurants are, are featuring uh, special king cakes made by a pastry, se- uh, pastry chef, Lisa White. And um, phenomenal king cakes. I mean, you see these things. It's incredible. I mean, just go to catholicfoodie.com and, uh, and look at the latest post. It was from yesterday, January 6th. And look at the picture of that king cake. I mean, it is phenomenal out of this world amazing and uh it was it was really neat uh yesterday after i got received the the press release and i I went ahead and published it over at catholicfoodie.com and i added a few things to it and um i got a follow-up email uh from john besh's office saying um you know what was asking what my address was that uh, they had something they wanted to send me and i was like hmm okay uh Long and the short of it is this. The long and the short of it is um, they didn't send it to me because I happen to be in New Orleans all day today, and I made note of that. And 
And they said, well, can you come by and, and, and pick something up? We have a gift for you. I said, uh, certainly, you know, that, that, that'd be wonderful. And uh, it, it's one of those king cakes. <laughs> That's just amazing. I mean, thank you so much if you're listening. Uh, Chef John Besh and, and, the, and the John Besh crew uh, here in New Orleans. Uh, thank you so much. It's wonderful. I haven't uh, seen it yet. Uh, it's actually in the backseat of the car. I uh, picked it up earlier. It's freezing outside. It's getting down to 19 degrees here tonight. Uh, so I didn't think it was It was in refrigeration uh, when I picked it up and uh, put it in the car. And it's been so cold. I just didn't think that I, I needed to, uh, to refrigerate it. It's kind of refrigerated already right here. Anyway, my family, of course, I had to snap a picture of the box that it came in and uh, sent it over to my wife. And so they are all very excited on pins and needles for me to bring this uh, this delicious, luscious <laughs> king cake uh, home. So that's, we may have to, the final segment of the show, folks, may be the unveiling, the unboxing of uh, the king cake. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have to take a lot of pictures and put that online. Uh, and, and, and who knows, we'll maybe even do video, we'll see. But beautiful, uh, wonderful. If you want to know more about what a king cake's all about, the, the tradition, the history to it, uh, and what, what it's like today, uh, you know, I have written about that extensively. If you go over to catholicfoodie.com and search for king cake, uh, it'll come up. Several articles will come up, and you can read all about it there. Um, you know, king cake's a beautiful tradition. I've had people from all over the country, actually. I remember California, I think it was last year. Um, there was someone in, where was it? Where was it? Missouri, I believe, who contacted me uh, saying that they were really inspired by um, the whole king cake thing. I think Barb in Nebraska had written to me a while back, too. It may have been, I don't know if it was last year or, or a few years ago, uh, talking about sharing some of the stuff that I had written and maybe even talked about in a podcast about king cakes, sharing that with her students uh, in, guess where? Nebraska, right? Barb in Nebraska. Uh, so it's just so neat to see how the tradition, uh, again, something that brings people together, it's food, brings people together around the table, how that can, uh, it goes beyond the borders of Louisiana, it goes beyond the borders of, of Catholic, even, right, to to people all over, because it's common ground for us, food. Food and faith, it, it, you know, food is a wonderful place to start uh, a conversation, and it can very quickly move from food to faith, food and family uh, all, you know, the good things in life, right? Go to a deeper level when we start with with food. So, it's a wonderful thing. I, I am uh, driving along here. I have more to say. I'm going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back in, in just a bit. Here's a way you can be creative on a daily basis. Well, how else in your life can you actually create new things every day? And you have to eat. This mm -hmm. is the thing we all agree on. If you're going to eat three times a day to the day that you die... Why not be good at it? Well, this is it, folks. Um, we are at the end of the show. It, it took a few days. It took almost uh, almost a week, actually. But uh, I feel I feel pretty good about it. I'm I'm a little nervous. Uh, I've actually um, I've already written a blog post that will accompany this uh, this episode of the Catholic Foodie Podcast. And uh, I mentioned in there that yeah, I, I almost uh, almost didn't publish this. And I, I really, I have gone back and forth uh, over whether or not to release this episode. It is totally different than, uh, than what I have been doing in, in recent uh, months, 
uh, well, at least when I was still doing the podcast, you know, the way that I would do the podcast, uh, is very different. It's kind of going back, almost harkening back to those early days of podcasting. And that makes me nervous <laughs> because when I go back and I listen to the early days, the early shows, oh my goodness, it's, um, it was a totally, totally different person. I was a, a different person back then. And the quality of the show was very, very different when I first started. So uh, it was kind of a rough thing, but I, th- I think it's good. And, and it, it helps me. I think the, the important thing is it helps me to um, to get back in the saddle again. So I hope, I certainly hope that you have enjoyed the show. Uh, I'm trying to make this jump here and and, and I'm, I'm glad to have you with me making this jump to, uh, to really move out of the studio and into the kitchen. And I'm excited to see what's going to be coming up in the next uh, few weeks uh, as, I, as I start to practice, uh, not really practice, but experiment, trying new things, uh, cooking with you in the kitchen, bringing you to restaurants, uh, having a conversation with you about food and faith and where those two things intersect in our lives and how you and me, how we can grow in faith together around the table with our families. So that's what the Catholic Foodie is all about. I'm so glad that you uh, you were here, that you've listened to the show. Uh, please do let me know what you think. You can always leave voice feedback for me by calling the listener voice feedback line at 985-635-4974, 985-635-4974. You can also email me at jeff at catholicfoodie.com. And until next time, bon appetit.